So this is interesting. I found an old Econ Talk episode with Paul Graham uh, that he recorded back all the way back in 2009. And the reason I think it's interesting is because at the time, Y Combinator uh, was only f- little, little over four years old. And so we get a good idea of his thinking at this time when it was, you know, not really clear if this idea he had was going to work. So he says, first, we wouldn't describe Y Combinator as a venture capital firm. What we do is seed funding. There's not really a name for us, um, for us yet, because what we do is new. And I think now they um, call it like seed accelerator, I think is how it's described. Anyways, um, he says, whenever somebody starts to copy us, the only way to describe what they would, oh, so he says, I've encouraged there to be no name for what we do. He likes that idea. He says, whenever so, and the reason is, is whenever somebody starts to copy us, the only way to describe what they are doing would be to mention us. They'd have to say it is a Y Combinator like thing. I um, mean, he talks about like how he's approaching, how he assesses like the risks they're going to be taking. He says, if our success rate is as high as a good VC fund, I would worry because that means we are being too conservative. There ought to be a lot of failures or we're being too careful. That last sentence especially is, uh, echoes uh, the way Jeff Bezos thinks about doing experimentation. Um, if you're not getting a lot of failures, it means you're being too conservative. He says, I don't, and then this is the fascinating part to me. He says, I don't even know if Y Combinator is going to work. It seems promising so far, but I don't know for sure. We certainly aren't making lots of money yet. And I, I think that's the benefit of listening to a podcast like this or any talk uh, in the past because we have the benefit of knowing how things turned out, but that person didn't. And you see how they're thinking about it at that time. I think I this makes me think of uh, one of the Steve Jobs talks I, I covered a few weeks ago or maybe last week uh, where he you know, just came back from Apple it's like around 1997, he's got this plan and he says it's going to turn around. He just he just doesn't know how, like, can Apple be great again? I find there's a lot of uh, value and uh, lessons we can learn from that. So then he talks about, listen, there's three reasons. He, he's got a few reasons, but he says this is three reasons it's cheaper to start a startup right now. Uh, number one, Moore's Law has made computing effectively free. Number two, the internet has made promotion free. And number three, programming languages have gotten more abstract. That means you don't have to do as much work to get a given amount, uh, to get a given amount of program done. Um, he says also, they were asking about, like, do you have any idea, like, what's going to work in the, uh, like, which of the ideas that you hear are going to work? And he's like, no, you can't. He's like, you can't tell which ideas are going to work beforehand. Uh, then he talks, he, the, the host asked him, he's like, you asked if there was any pattern on ideas. We have funded 144 startups. I have seen so much stuff happen. I've been surprised so many times by people who seem promising and produce nothing and other people who seem lame and produce amazing stuff. By definition, you cannot predict the next big thing. If it is a really good idea, it will seem kind of stupid. And he talks about specific advice he gives. He says, we advise startups to release something as soon as you possibly can. The point of releasing is to start learning from your users. You can learn from users what products, uh, what product you should have been building. He says, even if you can make it something that 10 people really like, release it then. And then study, uh, like monitor and study what those, those users do with your product and what they say. And then use the feedback to inform like what you're going to do in the future. Uh, it talks a little bit about the book he wrote on hack. Uh, it's called Hackers and Painters. He's just talking about what he, the similarities he finds between the two. He says, I found that the interesting parts of programming you can't make scientific. I would also, I added a note that startups are the same. That's why he always says they're counterintuitive. 
Uh, there's not like the idea that entrepreneurship is or business is a science is laughable. Um, so he says, what makes a good, what makes a programmer good at programming is more like what makes a painter good at painting. It is something a little less organized. It is taste, a sense of design, a sense of design, a certain knack. And this is interesting because I, uh, I follow him on Twitter now. And he, um, so this changed, but back in 2009, he says, listen, I don't use Facebook or Twitter. I already have enough distractions. I look at these things and they just seem like a time sink. And then he talks, reflecting on what he, what he observes for other people. And I see this constantly, like my own life and every, probably everybody else, that we undervalue how, like the value of our time. The fact that it's the, usually one of the only, if not the only non-renewable resource we have. It's finite. We're going to run out eventually. So he says, I feel like most people like to waste a lot of their time. Um, he says, the United States has such a vibrant startup culture because there are so many immigrants. Immigrants start startups, disproportionately so. There was some statistic that said more than half of the IPOs were founded by immigrants. The single biggest problem that kills startups that we fund is visa problems. People not being able to allowed back in the country, can't raise money, and they have to go back to their uh, to where they came from, unfortunately. And uh, he's got great essays. This is also why, before I ever heard Paul give a talk on a podcast or any other talk on YouTube or anything else, I was reading his essays, and I was like, damn, this guy's a fantastic writer. And so he has this uh, essay I link to it in in the show notes and the email that you get. Um, it's Paul's advice to high school students, but I think it applies to the lessons in there can be applied, obviously, for people older than high school. Um, it applies to adults too, in, in my opinion. Um, but the advice that he gives, the one specific piece of advice that he gives to high schoolers that I think definitely applies to adults is you have to be in charge of what you are going to do. You have to decide what you are really going to do. And I would say not only in work, but in life in general. What is going to be your real life? 